0: so it is mother's day you know it's kind of funny is my mom you always get her power tools and things like that it's like here's i don't want flowers so you know we got her we we her birthday was a couple weeks ago and we and we bought her this thing that holds her tools and she goes i need a new bucket so i bought my mom a bucket for mother's day i know whatever they got them at home depot they're cheap it's it's orange it's great you know it's don't you wish you had a mom that wanted a bucket and not flowers? See, yay! So uh, usually on Mother's Day we do something different where I don't actually speak. We have someone come up and speak that uh, talks you know, a different perspective about moms. And, and actually I talked to this person a long time ago about doing this, and they said, no, no, no. And I said, oh, yeah, you're doing it. And uh, you, you probably don't meet him very often, but his name is Michael. He actually sits behind the sound booth most of the time. He does all the slides, all the graphics, all the... Um, notes things and all the graphics for all that he he does our website everything so he's a talented guy but this morning he's going to speak so <laughs>
1: <laughs> i told him he was laying on a little thick <laughs> so we had this great debate this week And luckily for all you moms, I won. Aaron said we didn't have any budget to do it. And I said, no, it's Mother's Day. I have to get Mother something for Mother's Day. So, happy Mother's Day. It's great that all of you are here. I have some friends coming out, and they are going to give you some candy. I hear moms (laughs) like chocolate. We did have to compromise a little bit, and I have to explain the the compromise just a little bit. So don't think of this as oh, we went to Walmart right after Easter and got whatever was on sale. Think of this as, oh, how cute. It's Mother's Day, and they're really cute bunnies because my children love bunnies and stuff. So, happy Mother's Day. We wouldn't be here without you, Mom, so thank you. As as Aaron said, that scared me, just so you all know what that was. As Aaron said, uh, I was sitting in his office a year ago, just after last year's Mother's Day, and he goes, I got some idea, and I said, oh, yeah, and he goes, you're not going to like it. And I said, oh, and he was right, I didn't. But uh, I was praying about it, and God said, okay. So, sorry, God, to listen to my random mumblings today, but hopefully we'll get through it together. And most of you have your candy now, so I hope you enjoy. And with that, let's stand. And this is John. Chapter 19, verse 26 through 27. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being a, a gracious God who calls, who loves, who blesses. And thank you for mothers, Father. Thank you for my mother, and the many blessings she has given me in my life. But I thank you for being the source of all blessing. We love you. Amen. Have a seat. It is still freaking me out. Sorry. <laughs> Today we are taking a, a break from the current sermon series on the Spirit. Aaron will be back next week to continue. But today I'd like to take a a break and look at Jesus' interactions with his mother Mary and their relationship together, since it is Mother's Day after all. But I want to start at the end of Jesus' life. If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 19. Easter was just two weeks ago, and as Aaron talked about, Jesus, who is God, came to this earth. He lived a sinless life. He was crucified and raised from the dead three days later. He allowed himself to be crucified by man to save man. And he came to fulfill the law of the Old Testament so that in him sin can be atoned for. And in him we can come to God in worship. And because of him there is now no longer a temple where God resides because he now resides in us, the common, through the Holy Spirit. But to get there... Jesus had to go through crucifixion. And this is where we start today. Jesus has been beaten. He is bloody, nailed, and hanging to a cross. And yet in the middle of this mortal agony, we see an extremely tender moment. Jesus is waiting for death to come. And in John nineteen twenty six 26-27, we find this. And I'm reading from the ESV. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, now I have to take a time out because I know you say that and and you get all kind of defensive. This is a different culture than it is today. Woman here is a polite form of address. It's a term of endearment. If I were to call my mom woman in any response today, I too would be hanging from a cross. Okay? So this, she isn't offended by it. It isn't a put down. It is a loving response. He says, woman, here is your son. And he looks at his disciple. And to his disciple he said, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. And then the narrator moves on with the story. And Mary is removed from the scene. And there are three main people in the story. There's Jesus, Mary, and John, the disciple. At this point, Mary's in her late 40s or early 50s. She's most likely a widow and has very little or no income because of it. She's witnessing her firstborn go through hell, and there is nothing she can do for him. And what you'd expect to see is a mother trying to take care of her son. But instead you see Jesus taking care of his mother's needs. Both her immediate as well as her future needs. By being mindful of what she is witnessing and making sure she will be taken care of after he departs from them. And this is a very honorable thing to do. Exodus twenty twelve, which is part of the Ten Commandments, says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord is giving you Jesus knows the scriptures and makes a provision for his mother and if you are a child and you, ha- and you have parents you are called to honor them they're not on this earth so that they can serve and worship you and only meet your needs this means if you're a teenager you help around the house you run errands and help with your siblings You respect and honor them and their wisdom, and you don't fight on everything that they do. You accept that you are under their care. You get older, and there's a point where you stop mooching off your parents. You get a job. You start working on getting a career. You get older still, and you start raising your own family. But you're constantly thinking and planning about your parents' future needs. So my question for you children are you aware and planning for their current and future needs no. or are you only thinking about yourself? Proverbs 17:25 says a foolish son brings grief to his father and bitterness to a mother who bore him. Are you making sure that they are financially secure, able to retire and enjoy life that they've worked hard for? Able to get the help that they need? When doctor's bills start rolling in, when they need to get in senior facility living, or are you physically going to plan on taking care of them? I have these neighbors across the street from me. It's a little old couple. He gets out and walks his dog a couple times a day. She's unable to get out of the house. But the son has provided the house for them to live in. He comes by a couple times a week. He takes some grocery shopping. He mows the lawn. He sets up Christmas lights every year. That is helping and respecting your parents. doesn't mean you have to do everything they want and tell you, but it does mean that you do the honorable thing and make sure that their best intentions are at heart. You honor and you respect them. Now, if you're a mom, you might be thinking that your child does not honor or respect you. So how do you raise kids who do what is right? If you want your children to be a blessing... To bless you, you must first be a blessing and not a burden. Let's back up. Turn to John chapter 2. At this point, Jesus is about 30 years old. He has not fully started his public ministry yet, just yet. He has been baptized by John the Baptist and has selected a few disciples. John 2, starting in verse 1 through 5 says, On the third day there is a wedding in Canaan in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited with his disciples. When the wine ran out, Ooh, it's a bad thing. (laughs) Uh, When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. So Jesus and his new posse are at one of his mom's mom's friend's weddings. I can just see them sitting on the sideline of the party making chit-chat. The disciple is wondering if trading up fishing for weddings was the right call. When Mary comes up to Jesus. Now in this day, weddings are, this is a very small community. And weddings were enormous occasions that lasted days on end. It is a very big deal that the wine is run out. Because it will disgrace the newly married couple and will, that will follow them the rest of their lives for not providing adequately enough for their guests. So keep this in mind if you ever have me over for dinner. I like Rancho Sisquak Riesling. It's the only, it's the only wine I like. No reds, no nothing. Just keep it simple. Now, it's not Mary's party. She's not the wedding planner here. And it's not her problem, but she knows two things that the other guests do not know. She knows that the wine has run out, meaning on some capacity, she is helping, she is serving, she is checking and making sure everything is running smoothly. The second thing she knows is that her son can solve the problem. Her, his mother knew him, knew who he was, and knew what he was capable of. And that is being a blessing to both the wedding party and to Jesus. And Jesus' response isn't as harsh as it reads today. Again, woman was a polite address. And he says, What business is that of ours? Meaning guests don't usually get involved in such matters. He then acknowledges that he is under God's authority and not Mary's by saying, My hour has not yet come. Referring to the first hour in which he would manifest the reason which he came to earth, which we find in John 17.1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Here's the blessing. Mary knew what her son was capable of, knew that he was a grown man starting his public ministry under God's authority, not hers. So she acknowledged his, that he should act independently while she's confident in telling the servants what to do. the Father's follow his orders. Mary fully expected her son to take appropriate action, and then Mary walks away. And Jesus goes on to perform his first public miracle. He tells the servants to get these vases and fill them up with water, and then he turns that water into good wine, which goes on to bless the wedding party even more, because usually you save the good or you bring out the good wine first. And that's it. Jesus could have sat back down, could have told the servants to shove off. But the beauty is that he doesn't sit there, that she doesn't sit there nagging Jesus, forcing her will onto him. She is a blessing. She raises a good issue while acknowledging his independence, is confident in his abilities, and had healthy expectations. And this isn't limited to just ministry either, but all aspects of your child's life. Who they are, who they hang around with, what they stand up for, believe in, and fight for. There have been many times in my life where my mom has blessed me by bringing something to my attention and then fully expecting me to do the right thing. One big area in my life has come from a lack of father figure in my nieces and nephews' lives, and my duty to stand up and try to fill that void. I was also going to give you an example of mothers being a burden, but because it's Mother's Day, I won't. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> but that's because we've all had these experiences, because we've all been burdens ourselves. If you don't believe me, go home and ask your children. <laughs> Ooh, he said he wouldn't, but he did. <laughs> Moms, you must be a blessing, not a burden. And you do that by leading by example. Proverbs 22 6 says, Train your children in the way you should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Of course, in our lives, Christ should be of first importance. And if you are a wife, your husband comes next. But your children, especially while they are under your care, are a primary calling and ministry in your life. You raise them, you teach them, you discipline them. As Proverbs 29.1 says, A rod of reproof gives wisdom, but a child after himself brings shame to his mother. Seek to develop in your kids a heart for God from a young age. And you do that by seeking for yourself a heart for God. Your kids should see you in your Bible, should see you praying and dealing with others in, the, in other situations with a godly attitude and focus. Your kids need to see you dealing with your husband, how you guys argue, how you guys fight, how you guys love each other. They need to see how you make decisions about finances and how y- you go to work and your attitude towards work. This is how they will learn how to deal with such things. And they should see you serving God and serving others. And this will be ingrained into them. It's your job to teach them about Christ and to display what it means to have faith and follow Him. Barner Research says that adults essentially carry out the beliefs they embraced when they were young. How you treat your kids... Will be how they will treat your grandkids. And that is your legacy. Turn to Luke chapter 2, starting verse 41. Mary and Joseph lived their entire lives on display for their kids to see what is right. Luke 2, starting verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he, that's Jesus, was 12 years old, they went according to custom. Now, this isn't like Easter today, where culturally you can go once a year and check your checkbox and be done. This is that they were so devoted to God in their daily lives that they packed up their entire family and traveled for days. It was difficult, it was hard, it was challenging. But they do it to be faithful to their covenant with God. And Jesus and his siblings grew up with this example. And it kind of goes back to why God picked Mary to birth his son in the first place. Flip back over one chapter to Luke chapter 1 verse 30. And the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God." And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And Mary, just a few verses down, and starting in verse 46, praises God for blessing her by singing. "'My soul magnifies the Lord,' she says, "'and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, "'for he has looked down on humble state on his servant. "'For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed,' And he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She worships God, not herself. She doesn't say, Wow, look how great I am that God has picked me. She is humble and sees that God has blessed her, and she in turn becomes a blessing to her kids. And as her kids grow, she continues in her devotion to God. She worships God by being a part of the wedding banquet. And knowing what is going on and wanting to help the newlywed not to be disgraced. In taking care of other people's needs, Mary models her faith by what she does. So if you have worshiped God and have led by example by displaying God's godly character, then you can feel free to speak into your child's life and have healthy expectations. That is a blessing. I know this guy. He's younger than I am. He's a total loser, i got to be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he, can't, he cannot keep a job, because he's usually too hungover. And so to help him out, his parents have, have hired him. They own a small business. And so he, he's come on staff, and he still doesn't show up. And when he does, he cannot complete tasks at hand and without going AWOL. Yet he still takes a paycheck every week, depleting the company's resources. And his parents think that they are helping him, that they are blessing him. But they are not blessing him. He, There are zero expectations being placed onto him. He isn't functional, and they are simply enabling him. But then I have to look at his parents, and I see divorce, I see alcohol abuse, and burdens that they are causing and he will grow up and think that it isn't his responsibility to take care of his parents when they need him to and it is it absolutely is and maybe this is you maybe you wish your mom was around or maybe you wish your mom was around to give you at least that much attention the question is what if your mother wasn't around or wasn't a blessing to you what if it was nothing but a burden growing up You have a choice. You can do one of two things. The first thing is you can continue the cycle, ignoring it or saying you'd never be like your mother, yet falling into the same habits with your children, being a burden or banning them altogether. Or you can break the cycle. And that can only be done through Jesus Christ, who did die on the cross to bless you, to redeem you. He desires to restore you and make you new. And he can change the life of you and the life of your children so that one day they will be a blessing unto you and to their kids. And Jesus, through you, can change the course of your family direction forever. Now, I have to throw a disclaimer in here because I know what some of you are thinking. And no, this isn't a magical formula because everybody sins, all children grow up and make their own decisions. Bad people have come from parents who have been blessings, and that was their choice. And this means that if you're a child, you cannot blame your parents for everything. And this is the culture we live in today. We like to put blame on everybody else so that we can take no responsibility whatsoever. But the messes that we are in are primarily because of the sins that we commit. So you can't blame your parents for everything. Back to our story. We're not quite done yet. There's still one person we haven't talked about. And that's the disciple, the one Jesus loved. And we know that this is John. The book of John is full of metaphors. And this is one of them. John is the youngest disciple. And Jesus loved him like a kid brother. There was a family-like connection here. John 19, verse 27. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Now there isn't any specified reason why Jesus asked John for this, to take on this responsibility. Again, Joseph, Jesus' dad probably had passed away, and Jesus did have brothers, but maybe they weren't around at the time, or a witness to this conversation. But the point isn't who Jesus called, it's that he called. The metaphor is that Jesus loves us and adopts us all into his family. And now we are all connected to him and are called family. Sometimes you're called to honor your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your siblings, or your nieces and nephews. You have to stand up for them, take care of them, and make sure that their needs are met. Sometimes, however, it doesn't stop there. Scripture continually speaks of a duty to call to take care of widows. And today, this can include single moms, military families, where one spouse is deployed, or otherwise oppressed members in our community. 1 Timothy 5.3 says, Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. It could be an elderly couple across the street that maybe doesn't have kids to take care of them. Or a struggling family dealing with illness. So the question is are you aware of the needs of the people around you? If you are not living in and with your community, you will be blind to such things. Which is one of the reasons why we stress gospel communities around here so much. Can you imagine if you were dying and you had nobody else but your mother? Nobody to take care of her after you were gone. But you had a band of believers that that would rally behind you and you could turn to and say, can you take care of her? Can you watch after her after I'm gone? On the other side, can you imagine being part of a band of believers and being asked to take on this responsibility and being asked directly, will you take care of my mother after I'm gone? It feels like a burden. You think, I don't want that responsibility. But it's not. It's actually a great calling. Aaron at the end of every message has his little ritual. He goes through his little order of things. And I'm going to, don't worry. But I'm going to start at the end of it. And with this idea of community. And this is where gospel communities come in so much. If you are a single mom or a widow, you find the help you need in that gospel community. And if you are somebody who doesn't need help but can provide it, you find out who needs your help in that community group or out in the city by being a part of that community. We are one family called to love one another and to bless the city around us. And if you're not in a gospel community group, come find me after service and we'll put you in one. You connected to other people, and yes, we do have food. it actually smelled really good when I went back there and and coffee in the back when we 're done and This is a time for you to go back and meet somebody new to connect with people here on Sunday to invite them to your community group or out to lunch. It is mother 's Day, so take your moms out to a nice lunch, but be inclusive, look for those who need who do not have families and invite them to go as well. And if you know of a widow, a single mom, a family who just really needs help, I encourage you to see what you can do for them. And, and take it to your community group and see what you as a group can do for them. And then come talk to us, because we do want to bless this city. The band's going to come up and play a couple of songs. And this, again, is a time to reflect and to worship God in song to take a moment and to reflect of what the cycles of sin and burden we are in. There's also offering boxes on the sidewalls and in the very back. And this is an opportunity for you to give because giving is an act of worship. Or you can give online. It's fast and easy. You can use your debit card, as Dave Ramsey tells you to. And if you're new to Element, Welcome. Welcome. This is kind of what we're like. You think you're safe on Mother's Day, but no, we're still going to beat you up a little bit. And that's because Jesus is the only one who is good. He is the source of all blessings. And when everything else fails, He knows our immediate as well as our eternal needs and has already come so that we can find what we need in Him. And He wants to break these cycles that we are in. Which is why... After this, after, as the band's playing music, there will be elders and deacons in the back. And if you find yourself in this cycle, they want to talk with you and to pray with you and to work this out and to lead you to Christ if you do not know Him. So they will be in the back, and they want to talk to you. And finally, we come to communion every week because communion is where it happens. It happens. It's because we are reminded every week that Jesus did come down, born of a virgin mother, lived a sinless life, died for our sins. We take the cracker, which represents his body, and we dip it in the wine or grape juice, whatever you prefer, which represents his blood. It's interesting, really. Jesus' first miracle. It's a simple conversion. Jesus turns water into wine. Just like his last act... As a man, he dies and resurrects, turning sinners into redeemed sons and daughters of God. And we are now called family because of it. To be a blessing, not a burden. And happy Mother's Day. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being a blessing, for coming to take away our burdens our sin, and the messes that we are in. Father, help us to realize that we are the only ones that get ourselves into this. Father, thank you for mothers and their wonderful blessing. Father, we love you. We thank you. In your name. Amen.